Blog Talk Radio. Let's 
what many Democrats don't understand about Bernie Sanders supporters. I don't want to know that. Because I know what Democrats don't understand about Bernie. Because they they got screwed by Bernie. And they're pissed. Yeah? And they'll never would vote for Muslims against cartoons and Muslims protest against ISIS. (laughs) The flag is in, in Paris... Muslims protest against ISIS. There are no protesters. Mm-hmm. But Muslims protest against cartoons. They fill the streets of Paris. Well, well that I, that cartoon was very insulting. Yeah. Well, that guy. Oh no. Abortion drugs were found in Bill Gates's tetanus vaccine. Isn't that something? Jeez. Doctors in Kenya That's have accused Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation of secretly trying to sterilize millions of women in Africa via the tetanus vaccine. Program. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty sad. But you know, this has been this has been figured. This has been uh, suspected for many, many, many years by the African people. Doctors in Kenya have accused UNICEF, the World Health Organization, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation of secretly trying to sterilize millions of women in Africa via a tetanus vaccine program. According to LifeSite News, the Kenya Catholic Doctors Association say that doctors have uncovered evidence of a mass sterilization program sponsored by the Kenyan government and funded by Bill Gates. HealthImpactNews.com reports the Kenyan government denies there's anything wrong with the vaccine and says it's perfectly safe. The Kenya Catholic Doctors Association, however, saw evidence to the contrary and had six different samples of the tetanus vaccine from various locations in Kenya sent to an independent laboratory in South Africa for testing. The the results confirmed their worst fears. All six samples tested positive for the HCG antigen. The HCG antigen is used in anti-fertility vaccines but was found present in tetanus vaccines targeted to young girls and women of childbearing age. Dr. Nagir, spokesman for the Kenyan Catholic Doctors Association, stated in a bulletin released November 4th, this proved right our worst fears that this WHO campaign is not about eradicating neonatal tetanus, but a well-coordinated, forceful population control mass sterilization exercise using a proven fertility regulating vaccine. The evidence was presented to the Ministry of Health before the third round of immunization, but was ignored. Dr. Nagir brought up several points about the mass tetanus vaccination program in Kenya that caused the Catholic doctors to become suspicious. He told several things, alerted doctors in the church's far-flung medical system of 54 hospitals, health centers, 17 medical and nursing schools, to the possibility that the anti-tetanus campaign was secretly an anti-fertility campaign. Why they asked, why they asked does it involve an unprecedented five shots, or jabs as they are known in Kenya, uh, over more than two years, and why is it uh, applied only to women of childbearing years, and why is it being conducted without the usual fanfare of government publicity? Uh, usually, we give a series of three shots over two to three years. We give it to anyone who comes into the clinic with an open wound, uh, men, women, or children. Uh, but it is the va- five vaccination regime that is most alarming. The only time tetanus vaccine has been given in five doses is when it's used as a carrier in fertility-regulating vaccines laced with a pregnancy hormone, um, human uh, chorionic, whatever, HCG, um, developed by the uh, WHO in 1992. The UNICEF has a history of being advanced, taking advantage of disasters for mass vaccinations. This, this article goes on. It's quite lengthy, but well worth the read if you go to it. Uh, and anybody on Facebook uh, and my uh, organization, uh, Friendship uh, Ring, uh, will get it because I shared it. But um, really pretty freaky. Pretty, pretty freaky, guys. Very freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
And uh, but he's been known for the doing this for years, for years and years and years. Um, and saying that his vaccines are great for depopulation. Yeah, and he's a huge. He admitted it. Yeah, he's, he's admitted it. So is his father, and his yeah. father is the head of the of his uh, is the president actually of his foundation. Clinton emails revealed direct U.S. sabotage of Venezuela. Oh, there we go. She she tried to destroy him. So they all did. They all tried to destroy him. The Secretary of State Hillary Clinton led a team committed to delegitimizing the the politics of the late Hugo Chavez. and the Bolivia, 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 Bolivian Revolution. While Hillary Clinton publicly welcomed improved relations with Venezuela as Secretary of State, she privately ridiculed the country and continued to support destabilization efforts, revealed her emails leaked by WikiLeaks. In 2010, Clinton asked Arturo Valenzuela, then Assistant Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs, how to rein in Chavez, Valenzuela, excuse me, Valenzuela responded that we need to carefully consider the consequences of publicly confronting him, but ought to look at opportunities for others in the region to help. So she was a backstabber of, of his, right? And uh, I'm proud to say that Hugo was, uh, was a Facebook friend of mine before he passed away. Yeah, and during the, stuff. during the gas crisis, yeah. he's the one that provided gas to us. That's right, that's right. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have had any. Yeah, and then we wanted to, and this, I, I, I'm but sorry. But he provided, like, provided that to the American people. Yeah. The U.S. government pays 475000 for illegally searching a woman's vagina. What? Sovereignman.com. Let's take a look at this. This is stuff that, yeah, this is stuff you don't hear everywhere or anywhere. <laughs> uh, U.S. government pays $475,000 for illegally searching a woman's vagina. Have you lost a loving feeling? If so, the United States federal government might just be able to help. Before you swipe uh, right on Tinder, uh, or update that eHarmony account, consider instead taking a quick trip out of the country. Because you're way back home into the land of the free, U.S. Customs and Borders will have agents. Um, Standing by, ready with heaps of government stimulus. <laughs> yeah. It happened to a Jane Doe. The name has been withheld to protect what little dignity she has left. A, 44, a 54-year-old U.S. citizen who had recently been on a trip to Mexico as she was returning home via the Cordova Bridge border crossing in El Paso, she was randomly selected for extra special screening and is escorted to a private area. I've been there. It's not fun. They don't tell you anything and they don't say why. They act very aggressively and start barking orders at you as if you're already a prison inmate. Quite frequently, you can sit there wasting away for hours. Fortunately for me, nothing particularly sinister ever happened. For Mrs. For Miss Doe, it was quite the opposite. According to the published case file, she was frisked and then ordered to squat so that a drug-sniffing dog could check out her nether regions. Oh, my God. Apparently, the dog liked what he smelled because Miss Doe was then taken to another room, ordered to pull down her pants and crouch. At this point, an agent from Customs and Border Protection inspected her anus with a flashlight. Oh, she was then ordered to lean backwards in a crouched position, after which another agent inserted a speculum into her vagina to search for drugs. Another agent then parted Miss Doe's vulva with her hand, pressed her fingers into Miss Doe's vagina, and visually examined her genitalia with a flashlight. They then took her to a hospital for a further six hours of involuntary testing, which included forcing her to have a bowel movement as they all watched, plus x-rays, CT scans, and more. 
I know what you're thinking. They probably found a treasure trove of cocaine, methamphetamine shoved deep inside Miss Doe's womanhood, except they didn't. Miss Doe was brutally probed against her will for hours and hours without judicial oversight, due process, or even reasonable suspicion, and they found nothing. Here's the really disgusting part. At the end of this ordeal, they released her without charge with one catch. They told her if she signed a consent form retroactively giving her permission to be abused and violated, that the government would pay for all the tests and various medical expenses. But if she didn't sign the consent form, she'd have to pay for them all herself. Miss Doe refused to sign, and the U.S. government sent her a bill for more than $5,000, essentially demanding that she pay for her own sexual assault. Emotionally shattered, she went home feeling like a rape victim. She sued. And as the pitiful justice system in the land of the free is far from swift, it took over three years for the case to gain any traction. Finally, a few days ago, the case has been settled, and the U.S. government agreed to pay her $475,000. She deserved millions. Millions. But as you can imagine, there were strings attached, specifically that the settlement should not take an admission of liability of fault. I guess it's Miss Doe's fault. She must have been asking for it. It's like a classic rape story from the 50s, absolutely appalling. But just think about what this means. Gun-toting government thugs are running and committing sexual assaults on U.S. citizens so that they can continue waging a costly and utterly ridiculous war on plants. Apparently doing so is quite typical, so typical, in fact, that they have a consent form ready to be signed by their gang-raped victims in the hopes of keeping it quiet. And even if it doesn't stay quiet and one victim goes public, the government refuses to admit its own culpability and pays them off with taxpayer funds. And just think about that. Your tax money is going to pay off the U.S. government's sexual assault victims. This is so disgusting, so vile. Have you reached the breaking point yet? Our goal is simple, to help you achieve personal liberty and financial prosperity no matter what happens. So, so anyway, yeah. So that this is a uh, that's a sick thing. I tell you that right now. Very, very sick. And uh, this one of the many things. Yeah. Huh. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Anything else?
47 of whom additionally agreed to participate in focus groups to discern not only how well punitive biomedical advancements might be received, but where the public stand, stands on inherent ethical and moral questions arising from their use. Right? Well, I heard that in 2017, as soon as Obama leaves office, uh, uh, all Obamacare people will, are, are going to have to have implants. Oh if that's the truth, which I, I have not seen any further follow-up on that or write-up on that, but, you know, they don't want everybody to go ballistic over that before the elections, right? And, uh, yeah, this is a very long article. But uh, if, that, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, are you interested in being microchipped in your brain? And you say yes, then you're, you're as stupid as you. <laughs> you're more stupid than anybody on earth. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, actors needed. We told you about that. And... I just try to find some interesting news here that I had. We'll wait for one minute to tell you. Yeah. Hillary made history the other night by being the first presidential candidate to be caught rigging a primary while being tied to four separate federal investigations, and she busted right through the glass ceiling on that shit. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. We are changed at that. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Hinkley, everybody heard. John Hinkley Jr. is to be freed. Oh, yeah, let's go kill somebody else, man. Let's see, kill another president. Uh, WikiLeaks' Julian Assange says emails he is about to release contain enough evidence to lead to Clinton's indictment. But he admits an actual indictment is wishful thinking. Well, there's more coming. Huh. More coming. Um, oh, this was very, very interesting. Uh, the absence, I, I said the absence was deliberate because uh, none of the speakers would stand in front of the American flag and lie to the American people about Hillary Clinton. Huh. And this is what happened. There were no flags in the background of the Democratic Convention on the first night. That's interesting. No flags at all. They, they didn't have any flags. Um, and they had to go out and get some. Especially literally, Democrats procure flags for convention stage after embarrassing oversight leaves old glory missing from midnight, uh, Monday night's festivities. Yeah. And you can see what happened there. They had none. See, they had huh. box things. They, didn't, they had to put them in. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have any. But anyway, so much for them. Uh, didn't make much difference. Nobody really watched much of that anyway. So. Wow. Yeah. Maybe they should pay more attention to their patriotism than to the stupid people they had speaking. Oh, that's some real winners were. Uh, now here is something for all of you 911 truthers like I am. Um, the CIA pilot presents evidence that no plane hit towers on 911. Interesting. Yeah. Ex-CIA and commercial jet pilot John Lear, who was the son, grandson, actually, of, of Lear. Lear, Lear Jet, right, um, claims that the Twin Towers were not brought uh, to the ground by planes crashing into them on 9-11, and now detailed information has been posted online corroborating this account. In Lear's expert opinion, the official claim that two planes crashed into the tower is actually physically impossible. With reports from the Kremlin that President Putin will, re will release satellite images proving that the Twin Towers were destroyed by controlled demolition rather than by the force of two planes, enormous strides towards disproving the official 9-11 Commission version are taking place. The grandson of Learjet founder Bill Lear, John Lear, is a retired airline captain and former CIA pilot who has flown over 100 different types of planes during 40 years of active filing, flying. 
He holds more FAA Airman certificates than any other FAA certified pilot and has flown secret CIA missions in Asia, Africa, Eastern Europe, and the Middle East. Basically, you don't want to argue with John Lear about flying and planes. He is as close as you can come to be an American intelligence and aerospace aristocracy. Um, and, it, and it explains why. Um, the proof uh, is that uh, we are supposed to believe that both planes were entirely inside the towers with no pieces showing. The Boeing 767 is 156 feet wide and 159 feet long. The distance from the outer perimeter of the northern tower at the alleged point of contact by AA Flight 11 to the central 47 passengers inner core beams that are cross-laced in 60 feet is 60 feet. The distance from the outer surface of the southern tower at the alleged point of contact by UA Flight 175 to the core structure of that building was 37 feet. The, the differential in length is in relation to the North Tower with respect to the plane length and the plane width. In other words, the plane was too damn big to make to make that kind of a of a of a small entry. See what I mean? And uh, and there'd be some left there. Yeah, and, and they show a video here of, of no plane hitting the tower. They just show it being blown up.
Okay, since the U.S. invaded, there have been 1,892. Wow. Suicide bombings. Jesus. Uh, uh, hey, for anybody who goes to Snopes.com. Oh, Snopes? Yeah, Snopes. 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 Snopes would be like a Snopes. Like a Snopes. Snopes, rather, is how they pronounce it. Snopes. We have been referred. We have been referred to Snopes time and time again while researching topics, and it has become blatantly clear to me that much of the information on their site is not information at all. It is more like disinformation, despite this being credibly. Uh, for those of you, Snopes uh, is a place that everybody goes to discredit somebody's what somebody said, you know, like political guys and stuff and stuff. But this guy's find out that Snopes is actually one of those sites that is, uh, you know, a disinformation, you know, uh, publishes its own crap and doesn't publish reality. So we got a lot of those. I think so. Yeah. So don't oh, forget Snopes as a, as a fact-checking operation. Uh, let's see. Voting for Hillary to save us from Trump. It's like voting for Lex Luthor to save us from the Joker. <laughs> I found that funny. Oh, Bad humor. Here is, here's something for Connecticut uh, people to, to know about. Third Wall Street firm downgrades Connecticut's bonds. Does it not? Not surprised. Yeah. We got one of the... I mean, our governor and senators are all at the convention They today. need to pay attention to their own state. And the governor of our state is uh, the convention chair. Yeah, God uh, what, a, what a piece of work that guy is. And as of a, as he, we just got a, a, a rating, a, down, uh, a, a downgraded rating on, the, on our stock, on the stock exchange. Yeah. Kroll Bond Rating Agency was the latest credit rating agency Tuesday to downgrade Connecticut from AA to AA minus. And uh, Standard and Poor's and Finch Rating lowered Connecticut's general obligation bond from AA to AA minus in May. That same month, Moody's Investors Service affirmed its rating but gave the state a negative outlook. The decision to downgrade the state's general obligation bond rating is based on the state's inability over the last two years to maintain balanced financial operations without significantly reducing the budget reserve fund. Well, yeah. Kroll, analysts wrote in a report uh, published Tuesday. Analysts said the highly progressive income tax structure and its reliance on capital gain taxes exposed Connecticut's revenue base to the performance of the stock market. And approximately 15% of the total income tax collections our capital gains taxes, which reflects the high wealth levels of the state. But Kroll's analyst wrote, the volatility of the stock market over the last two years and the difficulty in forecasting the level of capital gains taxes has been a major factor in the state's overestimation of income tax collection. The level of capital gains taxes has always been difficult to predict. However, the state's relatively modest level of reserves has provided less cushion to absorb the impact of market fluctuations than in pre-recession times. Crow pointed out that in 2015, the state drew down its modest rainy day fund from 519.2 million to 406 million, and is expected to lower it again to 90.2 million when it closes the books on 2016. The state currently has no specific plans to increase funding. Oh, it goes on, but it's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> By building budgets for elections and not generations, Connecticut hasn't made the structural changes needed to ease the minds of credit rating agencies. Fasano has said that the Democratic majority has failed to mitigate higher debt in future budgets and budgets that will fall into the backs of our children and our grandchildren. So, welcome to Connecticut. Um, yeah, 
So anyway, I guess that's, I, I was hoping to find out. Uh, I thought there'd be a little more out tonight. Yeah, that wasn't that much. Um, I was hoping I could hit a... Oh, well. Sometimes it wins. Sometimes it wins. Trump said, I don't like people who get captured. Would he say that to POWs from World War II? This guy, this guy's Booker. I, this guy's a, a, a he's, he's a, he's a, a black senator from, I don't even know where. But, you know, he's, he's always, his face is always up there. He's always, you know. Always in the front of the yeah, camera. Yeah, always in the front of the camera. And I don't pay any attention to the guy, so it's like, you know, I don't think anybody should. FBI traces DNC email back to Russia, which has heavy financial investment in Donald Trump's empire. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Donald said he doesn't know them. He doesn't know, uh, he claimed he didn't know Putin personally. But uh, now that the initial uproar over the content of leaked DNC internal emails has begun to die down, the focus is shifting to the fact that the emails were illegally obtained and appear to have been strategically leaked in an attempt at influencing or even sabotaging a United States presidential election in favor of Donald Trump. Well, now the FBI is confirming uh, what has been uh, suspected from the start. Russian, Russia appears to be behind the stunt, and that's a concern because other new revelations reveal that Trump is heavily in debt financially to the Russians to begin with. No kidding. CNN has confirmed today that the FBI suspects that DNC emails were obtained through a Russian cyber attack. Hmm. This validates the assertion yesterday by the Clinton campaign that Russia was the culprit, and at the time, uh, and, at, and at the time leak immediately before the start of the Democratic National Convention has been uh, an attempt at influencing the outcome of the election. That led to questions of why Donald Trump has been so openly friendly during the election toward Russian President Vladimir Putin, a corrupt leader who has come to pose a direct threat to American interests. Some have suggested that the authoritarian Trump merely sees something in himself and Putin as a kindred spirit. But new reports suggest that Trump may have a more material reason for aligning himself. And As it, it turns out, Donald Trump is in deep financial debt to the Russians. In fact, investors in Russia now appear to be funding large chunks of his real estate efforts in New York City and elsewhere. The but deep financial ties between Trump and Russia could explain why Putin and his allies appear to have tried to rig the U.S. presidential election in his favor by hacking into the email of the opposing party and strategically releasing it at a time uh, aimed at hurting his opponent. As the FBI digs deeper, the story of Trump and Putin appears to be getting underway. So that's kind of fun. Let's see what happens there. Well, I don't know. I'm really curious what, what the deal was that he's in. That he's in yeah. oil, is he? Trump and Putin, yes, it's a real thing. Uh, let's see. Oops. Oh, my screen just went black. No, I know. They, they do this all the time. Pop-ups, they call it. Okay. I refuse to have those on my, on my, on my site. I refuse. They're, they're too insulting. Over the last year, there's been a recurrent refrain about the seeming uh, bromance between Donald Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Mm. More seriously, but relatedly, many uh, believe Trump is an admirer and would be emulator of Putin's increased autocratic and liberal rule. But there's quite a bit more to the story. At a minimum, Trump appears to have a deep financial dependence on Russian money uh, from persons close to Putin. And this is matched to a conspicuous uh, solicitousness Russian foreign policy interests where they come into conflict with U.S. policies, which go back decades through the administrations of both parties. There is also something between a non-trivial and a substantial amount of evidence suggesting Putin backed financial support for Trump on a non-tacit alliance between the two men. 
let me start by saying I'm no Russian hawk. I have long been skeptical of U.S. efforts to extend blah, blah, blah. This guy's bored. But anyway, um, I guess he, I don't know what he invested in, but it looks like he invested in some big thing. doesn't really explain. Um, doesn't really explain. All the discussions of Trump's finances aside, his debt load has grown dramatically over the last year, from 350 million to 630 million. This is in just one year, while his liquid assets have also decreased, and Trump has been blackballed by all major U.S. banks. No kidding. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No. Post bankruptcy, Trump has been highly reliant on money from Russia, most of which has, over the years, uh, become increasingly concentrated among oligarchs and subgarchs close to Vladimir Putin. Uh, here's a good overview from the Washington Times and the Washington Post on one morsel of administration. Now, again, the Washington Post is an attack, as a Trump attack dog mm-hmm. and Hillary's boss. So let's not, uh, this is a very, very long, boring article. So I'm going to go by that and I'm going to ask you if you're really interested in this. Um, and you can go. It's kind of interesting to know how much uh, he, he owes uh, the, the Russians. But at the same time, hey, Hillary owes everybody. Right? Huh? Yeah, I, I might agree with that. Hillary owes everyone. Mm-hmm. She pays everybody off because she it gets all the like money from Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and Qatar, and all these places that pay her. And so. huge money for some stupid speech, five minutes. Yeah, speech. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, come yeah. on, you know. Really? $200,000 for a 20-minute speech at Goldman Sachs. Must have said, don't worry, guys. You make me president, give me plenty of money, and I will make sure that you are billionaires, all of you. I guarantee everything will be sweet. Just stay in your place. Yeah. And this 200000 is merely a down payment as to what I'm going to bring you. Can't you see that? Oh, yeah. Sure. I can't just Why else would anybody pay her that kind of money? It really know. doesn't make any sense. No? Makes no sense. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the weather is down your way, folks, but it's very hot here hot where we tonight. are. Very hot, very humid. Very, 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 very hot. Very humid. Anyway. Oh, we will have Trump speaks at the DNC. All right? President Trump of the AFL-CIO. We will listen to this tonight. Hello, Democrats. I'm Rich Trumka, president of the AFL-CIO. And it's great to be in Philadelphia, a proud, proud union town. See, working people built this stage, and now we'll build a new era of shared prosperity. Working people are strong, and Donald Trump is wrong, wrong, wrong. Listen, he thinks he's a tough guy. Well, Donald... I worked in the mines with tough guys. I know tough guys. They're friends of mine. And Donald, you're no tough guy. You're a phony. (laughs) Donald Trump has repeatedly outsourced jobs to line his own pockets. He rooted for the housing collapse. He actually said that our wages are too high, not just once, but repeatedly. Donald Trump isn't the solution to America's problems. He is the problem. Working people, we have the solution. We're building a national movement for a better life. No matter the color of our skin, where we were born, who we love, or how we worship. We set the bar high, and Hillary Clinton answered our call. In this election, 
She's fighting to rewrite the economic rules for all of us. She has a bold plan to invest in manufacturing, infrastructure, and jobs. She opposes the job-killing Trans-Pacific Partnership. She'll protect workplace rights, stand up to Wall Street, and fight to finally, finally secure equal pay for equal work. So Democrats, get on your feet. Let's change the rules. Let's take back Congress. Let's win a pro-worker Supreme Court and let's elect Hillary Clinton, the next president of the United States. That is the biggest joke. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, but I like I, him, but I, I don't agree with you. No, at all. I don't either. If, if that were the case, then uh, Obama and Hillary would have been. Uh, would have, this country would be in great, great, stick span shape, and a guy like Trump wouldn't even get, wouldn't be anywhere. So, I don't agree with you. Democrats are, oh, they've all sold out. You know, all. So, anyway. Oh, I love this guy. Terry McAuliffe. He's the former campaign chairman of of Clinton's and uh, everything. And now he's the governor of uh, Virginia. But uh, this guy, ugh. I'm not even going to play it. I'm not even going to play it. I can't, I can't. All the people that, that I would normally try to, I can't anymore. I can't do it. Sorry, folks. I can't read any of this Democrat bullshit stuff. I mean, they, they're liars. They're just incredible liars. They've lied to the people. They keep lying to the people. My God, my yeah, God, my true. God. And they just want us to cover our eyes and say, okay, we and, and close our nose and make sure we don't smell the shit. You know, that's rising in that Democratic convention there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like I've never seen anything worse. So, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, this, this may be a, this is a, this is so bad. I mean, I, I just can't even, uh, I can't overlook it because it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, of real conscience. And I, I fight this daily with a lot of people because uh, on an issue that, you know, they, they believe that uh, Hillary's shit doesn't stink. You know, Hillary believes it doesn't. Whatever the rest of the world knows it does and, and can't stand it. Can't stand looking at her. Can't stand hearing her. Can't stand hearing anything. The Democratic Party, after this, after 2016, will be worthless. Absolutely worthless. Okay? Uh, Hillary will lose in the biggest of ways. I mean, there's already national polls show that uh, 56% of the people can't stand the woman. Hate her. Literally hate her. Right? And, uh... She earned that role. You know, and would never vote for her. So it's like, you know... And then they're, 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 they're not showing you everything at the convention. No. And now they got over 700 people. They're, they're half the conventioners are left. The Bernie Sanders people got out. You know? They told them to stay out because they didn't want any more... Uh, well, don't uh, they have to provide a bathroom? Not a bathroom. No, it's Bernie Sanders supporters. Oh, I was I was left. thinking no. about outside no. whether they were provided with any facilities. Well, they probably got. Uh, you mean the protesters? Yeah. Well, they they went home. Yeah, they left. They didn't want anything to do with it. They went to the restaurants or whatever. Maybe who knows? Maybe they threw up a porta potty somewhere. But I mean, it's. Uh, it, it's really, it's really sad, really tragic, yeah. and uh, you know, our country is in such a bad condition, man. You know. So it says there are ten reasons why Hillary Clinton stands with working people. I don't believe that. There are no reasons. She's, she's never stood with working people. No, ever. She, she's a corporatist. She's a corporate. She stands corp. with banking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pharmaceutical yeah. companies. Yeah. And, and the war of, machine. And the war machine. There's nothing. Uh, for working people about that. No, no. And we, uh, we just I'm don't sorry. believe. We don't believe anything she says. No. Nope. I can't. Like we can't endorse her at all under any circumstance. And uh, 
I think we're gonna close the show early tonight. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, very. We're we're very hot. Uh, not just that, but I, I've run out of anything good to say. I swore I wouldn't say any more about this convention, but I can see it's becoming overly, overly taxing to me. And I'm very, very sorry to be in a position that I cannot support this union, that, or this, this, uh, this endorsement of Hillary under, under no circumstances. I might as well. I mean, I might as well put my, uh, you know, put my, uh, my neck on the block and have it chopped off anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather get uh, shot than than commit suicide, you know, over 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 this. And that's exactly what what uh, what these uh, Democrats are doing. And unfortunately, that's what the unions are doing by tagging along with her, you know, instead of putting up their own person or somebody. I mean, they would have you know. been better to put up their own candidate. Yeah, you know, just put up their own, not not Hillary them. Ugh. But anyway, sorry, folks. I didn't want this to be a Torch song here tonight, but it became that, and uh, I guess that's that's what we are, that's what we do here. But anyway, I want to wish everybody a good evening. Um, hope that uh, yeah, and this heat wave breaks. Yeah. I know there are many parts of the country that are suffering more than Connecticut. Oh yeah, and uh, we just want to say that uh, um, good night. And good night, folks. Have a very pleasant Stay cool. And uh, good luck. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. And uh, like Ted Cruz says, vote your conscience. <laughs> well, he may be right about that. Yeah. He's not right about anything. But that I do agree with. Or not vote your conscience. Yeah. No, don't vote. vote. Just don't vote. You can't I find someone. Don't bother. Don't, don't bother. Don't or write in somebody. Hey, if, you, if you really want to get, get back at Hillary... Vote for a vote against her, you know. And uh, if you don't care, don't vote. You're better off just not if voting. If you feel like you can't find anybody. You're better off not voting. Or write in somebody, somebody you admire. Because of, because in this election, if you don't vote for Hillary, they won't count your vote anyway. That's right. right. So, you know, that's the way it is. It's a rigged election. And the only one who can unrig this election is you. You know the voter. That's right. And the only way, and the only other one is Donald Trump. You know who can say it's rigged. And let's go, and he's got the money and the power to uh, to go after the bastards who rigged it. Well, I think he should. Yeah, I think he will. But anyway, all right. Have a pleasant evening, and uh, God Good bless night, America. Folks.